0: Villains. Antagonists. The baddies. Since the beginning of time, heroes have needed adversaries. From Romulus and Remus, to Dick and Dom. In cinema, villains play a particularly pivotal role. They are the enemy, the obstacle to overcome, our darkest fears and our deepest desires. Whilst villains are far from noble, they can sometimes be more interesting than their virtuous counterparts. In fact, some of cinemas most loved actors spent the best part of their careers playing villains. Christopher Lee, Christopher Walken, Christoph Waltz. Basically, don't trust anyone called Chris. Villains are not just confined to adult cinema. Some of cinemas most iconic adversaries can be found in children's films. Jafar. Scar, Maleficent, Miss Trunchbull, Madame Mim, Gaston, Stinky Pete, The Child Catcher, The Queen of Hearts, The Girl with the Braces from Finding Nemo. Every single one of these is a certified piece of shit. Teenagers also have their fair share of iconic villains, such as Regina George from Mean Girls, The Heathers from Heathers, and Alex Rolls from my own life at a boarding school in rural Derbyshire.
1: Fuck you Alex!
0: I don't know who you are, but fuck you! Thanks, Mike. Recently, villains have again come to the forefront of cinema, with Joker taking $152 million in its opening weekend. In a world where Loki is the most popular Avenger, have we had enough of heroes? Are villains even really the bad guys? I mean maybe me and Mike should do a heel turn, become bad guys ourselves, you know, like we could swear and smoke indoors and start arguments with strangers on internet movie forums. Red, we already do all of those things. Fine, let's get on with the episode. Okay, welcome to episode 28 of Movie Bong. Uh, we're going to be doing a, a special all on villains this week. Uh, but before then, Mike's just got back from a very special movie convention. Uh, tell us about
1: that, Mike. Uh, yeah, I went to a uh, horror sort of horror genre con festival thing
0: and this was uh, for the love of horror
1: <laughs> yeah it was called for the love of horror it was in uh manchester in the bowler's big uh convention center in um like near trafford, trafford. Yes. Yeah, yeah yes if anyone knows it the northwest anyone listening <laughs> um but yeah it was really cool um but like there was loads that you know it's just that weird fucking cosplay i mean i've been to october's been a great uh this october's been great for me for like conventions and um film festivals um but i do enjoy film festivals more well obviously we did GrimFest last week if you didn't listen to the
0: episode do go ahead yes um but uh now this is a little bit different to a film festival film uh sorry films weren't being shown uh what you went to on the weekend this was a convention so it's a little bit
1: yeah the saturday before i went to day of the dead um or whatever it was called, uh, Screening of the Night of the Dead, or so in Liverpool. <laughs> and uh, that was cool, some good films. Um, finally saw Rabid, which I talked about in Grimfest, but I didn't actually see it then, but I actually saw it, and it was thoroughly okay. And, and
0: <laughs> this is the the little remake of David Cronenberg's Rabid, yeah by the Soskia sisters.
1: Yes, and it was, uh, it was okay, but it was a bit clinical. It was a bit... Mm-hmm a bit like, what, I don't know, a bit like a daytime soap sometimes, <laughs> but, um, it was, uh, some Decent gore in there. Anyway, so talking about gore, there was lots of gore at this place but for the love of uh, horror. It was more like, you know, cosplay and like genre stuff. Um, you know, people dressed as Jason. There was a great Jason with like, he had like Freddy's severed head in his hands. Um, there was a tiny, I saw a tiny little lad, uh, uh, Jason Voorhees, running around. Oh. Um, uh, there was an Ash. There was lo- uh, from Evil Dead. There was loads of people uh, all dressed up. Um, loads of traders, loads of st- stores lots of merchandise <laughs> uh but the highlight for me um i mean there were celebrities there and um i wasn't you have to pay for like fucking autographs and shit and to meet people and we're not into that i just kind of want to go and just look around so i saw like bill from bill and ted who's in the lost boys and this was a big draw because there was a lot of lost boys actors at at this thing
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so you saw so alex winter was there jason
1: patrick was there yes Uh, The little kid, um, the little because we watched Lost Boys the night before I went, didn't we? Yeah, Um, and the the little vampire kid that's with Jamie Gertz. uh, He was there as an adult. Uh, (laughs) uh, Just just a few of them, and uh, for me the highlight was uh, the greased up sax machine Tim Capello, (laughs) who uh, if you know the Lost Boys listeners, um, there's a great scene. Uh, it's about two minutes long, but um, you know, there's barely any in the film. But there's this greased up uh, guy saxophonist called Tim Capello, and he's playing a song called "I Still Believe." He was Tina Turner's uh, live saxoph- saxophonist yeah, yeah. Um, for a long time, but uh, yeah, he's 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 an '80s icon. And uh, he came out and performed the song, uh, and it was uh, fantastic. Not not to dwell on the the sax man too, too much, but I was
0: genuinely impressed. Like, you know, he's still shirtless. Yeah, he's he's still like
1: muscly and oiled
0: up, and he was, pyrotechnics.
1: He was <laughs> he looked basically the same. He was really tough to be here, be there. I think everyone was. Uh, Jason Patrick was uh, quite uh was did a and a was entertaining mm-hmm. and uh you know there it was yeah it was fun but i do prefer the horror film festivals rather than just the horror genre stuff there was a weird scary maze Will you go in <laughs> and there's loads of like actors and stuff running around as zombies. And, oh, no, not theatre students. Well, I don't know who they were, but um, they were all right. They just jumped out at you and shit and you just crawled through. So there was a lot of stuff about um, Rob Zombie stuff with his new film coming out. Yeah, now he gets and a lot of hate, but I'm, I'm a bit of a Rob Zombie was, fan. There were tons of fans there. Loads of people dressed up as characters from House of Thousand Corpses and mm-hmm. those films. Uh, a lot of the actors were there. Um and Sid Haig, who died recently. Yes, is that yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, his stall was there. There was a picture of him, but there, he was you know, obviously he wasn't there, he was meant to be there. So yeah. people were just signing the books and stuff. Um so yeah, it was it was it was good. It was good. And then uh, after it, I went to a, a, a heavy metal gig. I was dragged along by my brother and some friends uh, to a band called Glory Hammer. I mean, that sounds like the perfect end to a, a it day was. at a
0: horror convention. And
1: then there was this band on before and they were like fucking dwarfs uh, called like um, Windrose, which sounds like a sort of type of team. Were they actual like little people? Uh, I, uh, no well they were really like big and stocky but they weren't actually that tall and they were <laughs> dressed as like sort of you know mythical dwarfs okay. um and then there was a band called the battle of the no beast in black <laughs> <laughs> and they were hilarious because the singer um sounded like a bg <laughs> and uh looked a bit like Jimmy Somerville, um, and the and and Glory Hammer, yeah, the like the singer wears like armor and shit, but he looks like um, like a real estate agent. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, good day.
0: Now, uh, we should probably start off with uh, Lost Boys because we're going to be like this week is a a villain special where we're discussing all things villainous in the movie world. Uh, You went to the For Love of Horror convention, yeah. Seeing a you you saw a few of the Lost Boys there, yeah. We watched the Lost Boys, yeah. Uh, It's it's, it's a great film, a great example of uh, teen horror adventure comedy,
1: yes. It's fantastic, and of course, Keith Sutherland, David, you've got a great villain being at Love of Horror just showed how how loved this film is the mm-hmm. soundtrack uh, everything about it it is cheesy as hell and dated as hell but uh in the best possible way it's great
0: yeah no totally i think it's one that's uh that's that's definitely rewatchable now um and there's so many uh bits that you sort of like remember from watching it years ago you know that the chinese food always sticks in my head and some great performances like uh the mother character in it diane what you yeah. Yeah, she's fantastic in it.
1: Um, yes, uh, two Coreys, of course, in it. Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. Uh, yep. Jason Patrick was talking about in the Q&A at the festival um, about uh, how close he became with Corey Haim at that time because, you know, they're playing older brother and younger brother. Yeah, He was 19 at the time, Corey was 14. They were told by Joel Schumacher to sort of spend a lot of time together and, and, and gain that sort of relationship. So he yeah. spent a lot of time in each other's houses and stuff like that. So, um, and he's, of course, sadly passed away now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Corey Feldman wasn't there, but, um, <laughs> and he's very funny in Lost Boys. Um, yes. Yeah, no, I I think for me, it's his best performance. Yeah. Cause he's good in Goonies. He's good in, um, as a little kid in Gremlins. Um, but, uh, yeah, he really has control of the comedy in, in, in Lost Boys. Yeah. Um, oh.
0: Also, you've got uh, Richard Gilmore from Gilmore Girls mm. doing a bang-up job as the, uh, the authoritarian uh, parental type.
1: Yes. And the granddad's great. Uh, forget what he's in. He's in loads of stuff. Underused, in my opinion. Yeah. I'd like
0: to see a sequel well, with
1: the granddad. Funny you say that because there's a lot of spin-off comics. Um, the uh, and I did see a comic with the granddad, and he's, like, killing vampires and shit. Nice. Uh, so that'd be great. It'd make a good TV series, to be fair. Um, but they did do some really cheapo sequels to Lost Boys with Corey Feldman in, like, Lost Boys the Trime, and Lost Boys... They looked utter shite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but, yeah. I have seen uh, these, uh, these sequels bobbing around on, like, on demand, and... Uh... I mean, we watched uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown last night, which is a movie where Roddy Roddy Piper, you know, murders a load of frogs. And it was a terrible film, but still eminently watchable. Uh, <laughs> but like, what I'm trying to say is like, my bar is quite low for what I will watch. And those Lost Boy sequels look abysmal.
1: Hell Comes to Frogtown's a good film. <laughs> well, I agree, actually. I enjoyed <laughs> it.
0: I, aside from the first 20 minutes, which is just... Yeah. basically
1: softcore porn yeah mild titillation but there's, then there's no actual sex in it <laughs> it's <Yeah>. bizarre <laughs> um, but uh yeah lots of frogs um
0: yeah so we, we've diverted on to hell comes yeah. to frogs now <laughs> yeah. uh, it is a good film we just we we caught it last night yeah uh, on on amazon prime so it is available um and it's as i said like the first 20 minutes are well, terrible. But you get past that, and there's actually some really interesting world building. There's like a, a quite an interesting pe- uh, matriarchal uh, society of um, n- nurses that are also sort of like mecha nurses. I think they're called med tech. So they're sort of like they're nurses with guns, basically. Yeah,
1: and Roddy Piper's like got these like. R- got working sperm and that's like rare or something
0: yeah he basically has to
1: (laughs) repopulate the earth uh, but then then for some reason they go to
0: a town full of frog people um yeah honestly i don't think we're selling it but no yeah um (laughs) it's got very um it reminds me of tank girl it's got those sort of vibes yes dystopian animal people kind of funny kind of trashy
1: yeah yeah uh, And
0: arguably feminist in places, (laughs) but also arguably definitely not in others. (laughs) Also, I think the important thing with Lost Boys was, uh, you know, the villains are at times the main characters and the sort of flashes between good and evil, you know, right and wrong choices. And it's putting the bad guys at the forefront, sort of making the bad guys cool. And that's a thing that we've seen a resurgence of more so in the cinema, most obviously with uh, Joker, which is huge at the moment.
1: Yes, nice segue. Um, (laughs) Yeah, because like you probably guessed it, this villainy podcast episode is sort of brought about with the release of Joker. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. been out for a a couple of weeks, but um, everyone's still talking about it, it seems. Um, I saw it recently. I mean, it's been massive. Yeah.
0: Because I know it it came out the weekend that we were at Grimfest, and I went to the cinema, I think, a couple of times to see it, and either... Uh, it had sold out or the queue was just so large that i you know i didn't want to be near that many people in a, in a screening particularly seeing the sorts of people that <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> up <to> see joker.
0: <laughs> not you know I'm, I'm not having a go at people that go and see joker it's
1: perfectly fair but if you are going in full costume i think you're a dick <laughs> um yeah drawing Grimfest when uh the opening of joker was on i was going to try and get a beer at them for Rob Grant, actually, the director of uh, Harpoon. Um, uh, and they were run out of lager because they were like, oh, no, the, all the Joker fans have drank all the beer. <laughs> they seem to drink a lot of beer. I was like, I bet they do. <laughs> um, just to numb the pain. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I was worried about going to see Joker straight away um, in case I fitted in too much. <laughs> um, as a uh, single uh, white guy.
0: Now, you left it a little bit longer than me. I saw I it before you. Um, I hope what I said didn't sort of, like, colour your expectations of the film. You didn't tell me too much about it, to be fair. I, uh, you know, I, I try not to. Um, I went in not really knowing what to expect, uh, just because it's it's been oh, so hyped. It's one of those... You know, I'm not a big fan of hype. If, if someone's telling me to love something, I normally hate it. Yeah. But like, this really was a, a very hyped film. Y- you know, I can't scroll through my news feed without someone posting a GIF um, saying, you know, Oh, I wish I was Joker.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, like, you know,
0: not really understanding the full <laughs> subtext of the movie.
1: Yeah, it does seem to be slightly divisive, I don't know, or just it seems to have split people quite a bit. Some people think it's it's amazing for certain reasons that possibly I don't think it's amazing. I don't know, I was a little bit disappointed with it. I found it really basic and unoriginal. Now, I've been trying to sort of like hold... You know, I've been
0: kind of being quiet publicly about how I feel about (laughs) Joker uh, for fear of repercussion. Oh, from the masses. Well, it just seems so widely loved and regarded as a masterpiece already that I feel you know no one wants to hear me saying oh i don't think it's very good because everybody's enjoying something and i think that's great i think it's good that so many people have enjoyed it i also think it's good for comic book movies that we're going to see um you know more stuff made i think it i think in the in the long run it is a good thing that so many people have enjoyed it but go <laughs> on i personally <laughs> did not i personally think that it is it draws so much inspiration from other things uh, that it is basically Lots of other things, and never its own thing. It is Taxi Driver, and it is King of Comedy, and the Joker is Andy Kaufman, and he is Harvey P. Carr. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it is so many things that I've seen before. And the examples of the things I've seen before, e.g., uh, Taxi Driver, when the climax of that movie hits, it's shocking, and even it still is shocking even now. And that was made what, in the seventies, eighties. Whereas this. Uh, when it does hit its climax, it didn't shock me at all. I saw everything coming. Um, There were at least two twists that, like I knew they were coming from the setup, not even from like halfway through the film. Like as soon as they were set up, I was like, right, well, that's going to be revealed later. Uh, And I don't want to give too many spoils in case you haven't seen it, but, you know, the thing with the girlfriend, Mm. I knew that from the second (laughs) it was set up. Uh, You know, I mean <laughs> Robert De Niro and what happens to his character. I knew what was going to happen to him from the fucking trailer, like there was just yeah. no surprise in it.
1: Well, I mean it's okay to homage stuff, but then like yeah, with the King and comedy particularly when and we're having Robert De Niro in it, mm. it, it just seemed so like well, what's just why do it that? I don't know. Um, well, I
0: suppose the real reason is like. Most people haven't seen King of Comedy, and even these days, most people haven't seen Taxi Driver. Mm. And I think that's really showing in the response of people yeah. enjoying Joker this much.
1: And Scorsese, you know, gave his blessing for this. I don't know whether he's in yes. the credits somewhere. Um, even, even though he's banging on about comic book movies <laughs> yeah. ruining cinema, he's, he's more than happy yeah. for him to line his pockets. <laughs> um, yeah, and interesting what you said about uh, Andy Kaufman and uh, particularly Harvey Picar. I mean, the interview section as well, um, and the interview sort of uh, delusions, mm-hmm. uh, they're taken straight from the Letterman and Harvey Picar david lightman harvey picar interviews yeah. i don't know if if you're aware of them listening to this uh there's a movie called american splendor which is based on uh the comic books by uh this comic writer and artist harvey picar and he's played by
0: paul giamatti yes it's a great film actually. Really, really good
1: i mean the joker is almost like a villainy version of yeah that. <laughs> like yeah, a comic really villain is. version of that um but, uh, yeah, I'd recommend reading uh, American Splendor uh, comics and his autobiographical comics. Uh, but he did a series of interviews um, on the Let- Letterman show. Um, and when was that? 70s, 80s? Uh, yeah. Uh, and th- some of them were a bit awkward. The exchange between them were a bit awkward. He sort of. Letterman would. T- he was trying to
0: humiliate him, really. Yeah, let's want to take
1: the mickey out of him a bit, and Harvey was... They're the, the odd interviews. Yeah. But
0: also, I kind of feel like when I've seen the Harvey P. Carr interviews, and even when I've seen, you know, Paul Giamatti really, uh, you know, act them out really well in, mm. in American Splendour, I kind of feel like I've seen them, and I've seen... And, and, and in, for that example, that's like a real thing that really happened. Like, I'm I'm yeah. actually witnessing something. I- and this is just sort of like a weird pale imitation of that and i just don't really understand why it's compelling to watch
1: on the filmmaking the direction of *American splendor and all this the weird uh, mixture of animation and stuff in it i mean mm. this film could have credited uh from this but from from something like that um uh, touches like that but i would say that this film um although it you know all i can say about this film is that it is a gritty retelling of the Joker story by the director of the Hangover trilogy. Yeah. And th- that is a fact and also a criticism. <laughs> you know what I mean? That is
0: No, that's a really, really <laughs> fair... T- and, and as soon as you say that, uh, you know, what I saw in the cinema doesn't surprise me. <laughs> you know, it is a, a gritty retelling of the, the Joker character directed by the same director as the Hangover. <laughs> it is that. Yeah, so just say that to yourself. While you watch it. But that isn't what a lot of people are saying on social media. I'm seeing a lot of people saying that it's it's beautiful, and that it's a masterpiece. Is it? I, I find the whole beautiful comment quite strange because to me, it doesn't look any better shot than a TV show on Amazon Prime.
1: Yeah. Like, like there aren't... There's I mean, a few stirring moments in it towards the end. Yeah. Um, Some but, awful
0: CGI blood.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, I, you are a big fan... I'm I unpopular opinion time, but I'm not the hugest leaflet Phoenix fan. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) leaf Phoenix, whatever his name is, Whacking Phoenix. I'm not his biggest fan. My favorite film of his and his roles, possibly again, unpopular inherent vice. I I love that film. (laughs) Um, Thomas Anderson movie. Yeah, but he's great in so much. I agree. You know, I get it. Um,
0: but for me, uh, I, I'm a Wacky and Phoenix fan and I don't see how this is a particularly standout role for him. I understand, like, popularity-wise, this is massive for him and career-wise, it's going to do things for him. But if you actually look at his performance, I don't see how this is better than The Master.
1: Yeah, or um, Inherent
0: Vice. Yeah, or even <laughs> You Were Never Really Here um, yeah. that was in the cinemas, you know, last year. I mean, but most things that Wacky and Phoenix does are you know, pretty heavy lifting acting-wise. And I think this is quite light and cartoonish in
1: comparison. Well, I mean, isn't it supposed to be, I guess, because it is a cartoonish... Well, yeah, no, exactly.
0: That's why I'm saying I don't understand people giving gravitas to this performance. Like, oh, deserves an Oscar like fuck off
1: (laughs) yeah but uh another problem i had it was just it is so far removed from batman and stuff that when gotham is mentioned and when the waynes are mentioned and when they're in it and 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 it's a good take what they what they do to to those characters and 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 the take on it it's interesting but it just feels a bit weird a bit silly when it's because it's so far removed from the rest of the the film you know what i mean it is strange that it's like
0: visibly set in new york <laughs> it is definitely <laughs> but now to be fair like our main criticism is that it sort of pulls inspiration from a lot of things and never and is like never its own thing uh but to be fair like like we champion like midsummer which is a movie that's come out recently now i would argue because uh, a lot of people say oh well that's just the wicker man i i'd argue that it, it is a huge homage to the wicker man but there's so much attention to detail and yeah. they add so much in like the the substance behind the film that it is it's just fantastic. I mean that really is a beautiful film to look
1: at. Yes, and it makes you crave what what is to come. You you yeah. can see it coming but and you want it. Yeah, yeah. In this I could see it coming and I just I just wanted something maybe a little bit different or maybe yeah. something to surprise me, I don't know. Um and yeah, the weird shit you were saying, particularly like when's it set? It must be like 1981, 1981 we think. because we think that because there's a moment when he runs past the cinema and blowout is on. Yeah, um, which is uh, is that Brian De Palma film? Brian
0: De Palma, Brian De Palma with uh, John Travolta. Mm.
1: So and, uh, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, I'm not sure. I think no. so. But uh, so that's 81. The other film on the and on the John Lithgow, I think. Yes, well he's often in Brian De Palma, uh, Raising Kane. Uh, well, I mean, that's a great villain movie, *Raising gain Actually, yeah. um, we'll mention that in a moment. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so uh, set in 1981. I think the other film was like *The, the Zorro*, *The Gay Blade*. <laughs> I just remember because you know, yeah, that really took title. me out of the film because I wasn't even
0: aware of. I mean, like I'm a movie fan and I'm not aware of that film
1: title. And it looked so. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old like movie because there's a moment when. The Thomas Wayne is at like a screening of uh, a Charlie Chaplin movie, isn't it? It's yes. either Modern Times or a Dictator. I can't remember. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's 80s, but then there's that bit when there's like a weird fucking clip YouTube video of a stand-up on the TV. I mean, well, you've got a problem with this. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: so when Joker performs in the comedy club, he's completely unaware of, uh, you know, any film crew there or whatever. Um, But then, you know, in the next scene, they're showing a a clip that someone seems to have of him performing at this anonymous open mic night. So like, so either there's a film crew there that he just doesn't notice, uh, or like... And even then, like, every act would be told and, like, why would they be filming a a shitty open mic night? Yeah. Um, uh, Or someone's time travelled and has an iPhone 7 in 1981.
1: um, There was also criticism about, um, I guess, the the unrealistically old plot holes and unrealistically um, actions of some of... Uh, the characters I mean uh, particularly the police but then again I mean you could argue that it's supposed to be like Gotham that is the police are struggling and they're supposed to be overrun with crime
0: yeah but also the the thing with uh I didn't really understand why his co-worker gave him a gun I understand the whole oh he needs protection but like he didn't like him so like why would he offer protection to someone that he didn't like and there was also an air that he that he kind of knew that if he gave him a gun, he would do something stupid, but it, it doesn't make any sense. It, and everyone's sort of like tight for money. Why would you give someone a free gun and a load of bullets as well? Like it, it, it just doesn't make sense. Maybe, uh, mm. Maybe it, we're not it's a bit messy.
1: But then people seem to think it's some sort of masterpiece. So, like, maybe we're missing everything. Maybe all these things are explained. Maybe we're just missing it. Maybe it's just too smart for us. Well, to be (laughs) fair,
0: one thing I will say is, like, I know I I go in hard on on Joker and say that it's shit and stuff. I will concede, I I don't think it's awful. I don't think it's a terrible film. I think my reaction to it is very much a reaction to everyone calling it a masterpiece. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's anywhere near that. And I'm kind of, I I get annoyed at people saying that that it like, you know like that it's that great i don't think it's that great yeah um I, I was disappointed and so i think that comes out as just oh what a shit film so
1: was that. i just thought it was a bit basic there was stirring yeah. moments the end moments um interesting music choices there's end as a i'm sure at the end there's a little bit of queen which is really good but earlier on in the film uh there's some gary glitter yeah uh now what's he known for apart from music <laughs> um big hair Yeah. Platform boots. Nothing bad, surely. (laughs) Um, So interesting choice to whack him in the soundtrack. To whack him. To whack him. It's a problematic film in many ways. But do you get the whole incel thing that's being thrown at it? Yeah, I mean, like, I do think some of that is uh,
0: media Mm. hyperbole and stuff. Like, uh, I don't think people are going to go and shoot up a cinema. Well, I certainly hope not. Um, But, like, one thing one thing that does kind of annoy me with it is I feel like to a lot of people it has this air of, Oh, it's a movie for the downtrodden and for the underdogs. But actually if you pay attention to the script, it it isn't fucking at all. Um, Maybe I was a little bit sensitive to it because I, I just come out of another movie that had a few too many dwarf jokes in it as well. But like in, in this movie, there's a couple dwarf jokes that in my showing where I was sat, uh, the audience sort of were, were belly laughing at the man just being a dwarf like yeah maybe there was too. a maybe there was a different um yeah. approach behind the script maybe they wanted to they were trying to make him uh not not, not the victim or sort of showing in a good light uh but in my showing you know and it, it might be a comment on the people that i was just <laughs> in a showing with but like they were just belly laughing at a dwarf man like they even loved the mini golf joke that's weak yeah you know i have I, I just have a, i have
1: friends that are dwarfs <laughs> and like they are people and i don't know just you don't like, like to, i don't know if you meant to call it uh if you're meant to use are you meant to use dwarfs you meant to use dwarf
0: term i thought dwarfs was nicer i've no idea. I, I certainly don't use this the was... m word
1: <laughs> um oh yeah um, I had a ho- I had that experience in the cinema, but I also had a whole different experience because um, about twenty minutes in, there was loads of kerfuffle uh in the middle aisle, and uh, then a bit of shouting, and oh yeah, and in the Joker, you think, oh shit, well is this it? Is someone doing a crime? Is this happening? Is <laughs> is there like a Joker style? You know, after all that, you know, dirty, horrible business with uh <laughs> early on with the batman films and stuff and you just think Ooh. but it wasn't luckily it was just someone having a seizure oh uh i think i don't know i there's the, someone passed out and then they were like really loudly snoring <laughs> and then like they had to stop the film and some ambulance come in they were fine but i hope they were okay i mean yeah yeah um uh, the woman seemed drunk to be fair but she was apologizing to the audience and uh they left um, they were okay, you know. Was no just one complained. Just happy that
0: you weren't a victim of a shooting.
1: Yes, <laughs> I wasn't happy that the person, you know, passed out or whatever. But I, I believe they're okay. Um, the, the 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 relevant people came, and then they rewound the film ten minutes. And you know, I was about to tell them to shush, but then I quickly realised, oh, it's this is a health thing. Something's <laughs> happening. I've, I'll back off and let them do their their business. Um, I mean, so those those are our.
0: Views of Joker, really. <laughs> yeah, seizure causing. We feel it's not enough of its own thing, and uh, we don't think it's as clever as it thinks yeah. it is, and we don't think it is, you know, the, the underdog tale that it thinks it is either.
1: Yeah. But <laughs> uh, and I've witnessed firsthand that it might kill you. Uh, but uh, <laughs> do you think um, Old Phoenix has got a chance for Oscar? Oh, I think, I think definitely.
0: I think he'll most likely get nominated. Right. Interesting. Um, I, I personally don't think it's...
1: That'll be two Jokers with, two jokers with an Oscar then. Because didn't Heath Ledger win for Best Supporting Actor after he died? Maybe. He I did? I don't know. Um, crazy. Uh, so, um, who's your favourite Joker? Mark Hamill from the cartoon. Uh, um, uh, Cesar Romero. R- Romeo? Cesar? Cesar. Whatever his name was from uh, the Adam West '60s Batman, which I watched, watched recently, the film, which was brilliant. Uh, Jack Nicholson, yeah, Heath. He's usually everyone else's favorite. You know,
0: like it, it's tough to it's tough to pick one because I think I think everyone aside from Jared has done a bang up job. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jared, I forgot about him. You know, like I, I think everyone's done really well at making it it their own. I, you know. Heath Ledger stands out, but that's yeah. only because it, it, you know, it came out at a time when I was like, you know, really getting into film. And
1: I think the cartoon Mark Hamill one is fantastic.
0: Also, can like, we just take a moment to acknowledge that there isn't a single moment in the new Joker movie as cool as Heath Ledger killing a man with a pencil? Well, yeah, in one Dark is. Knight, like, yeah. not not like a single no. like flash of anything yeah. as good as pencil death.
1: Only John Wick has come up to, uh, has almost come up to Joker's pencil deaf standards. Mm. Um, he's, he's good with a pencil. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so um, villains, like what are your favourite comic book villains? What are your favourite um, Marvel villains from the movies, uh, Universe, the MCU? I'm a big fan of Mysterio.
0: Right. Uh, a little bit disappointed with how he was used in the recent movie. Is this podcast just going to be me? <laughs> being negative it is about
1: <laughs> really popular films <laughs> yes yes oh. um well y- y- yes that's exactly what it is mysterio yeah yeah i mean it wasn't complete waste uh gillenhall was no, quite good it was just a bit of a uh, like after
0: particularly after the first um of tom Holland's spider-man i just think like yeah it was a bit of a disappointment
1: yeah, there's a lot of drones.
0: And I just thought there was like uh room for you to do like quite a big reveal with Mysterio. Like I was hoping they do like a, a full on Inception reveal. They kind of like half assed it in the new yeah. one. Like I would have liked it if, you know, Spider-Man didn't even go to Europe. He was in the holodeck all along. Holy shit. You know? Um, and it's just sort of like, you know, <laughs> a, a shipping container that Mysterio's loaded up with green screens or something. Yeah, yeah. It's not far off. Well, uh, yeah, but they sort of like did like a a sort of like a, a Fisher-Price version <laughs> of that reveal.
1: And a lot of drones. There's just a lot of drones. Yeah, just drones. <laughs> just drones. Um, uh, what about your favourite? Okay, uh, oh, no, I should I, I should say one of mine, actually. I really liked. Well, actually, I really liked, uh, keeping on Spider-Man theme, I, I did quite like Michael Keaton as Vulture. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting. He was like a blue-collar villain. My um, dad, he made Spider-Man feel like a kid in times. It was, he was really. He, he had some power though. It was good.
0: He was really good, and I'm, I'm looking forward to. Uh, like, I'd like them to do Craven the Hunter next. Yeah, who would play him? Jared oh, Butler,
1: Carl Urban, Jared Butler, Jared Butler, Mike okay. Banning. Yeah, Mike Banning. Go on. Oh right, yeah, Carl Urban or or Jared could do it. From the uh, (laughs) so you you really want Gerard Butler to be Craven the Hunter?
0: You know I can kind of see it. I mean, uh, Hugh Jackman actually has played a role not too dissimilar in Chappie.
1: Yeah, yeah, but he's
0: Wolverine, so
1: yeah. Um, I yeah I enjoy. I mean, everyone loves Loki, but a Loki. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: we were talking about him earlier because he is both of our first choice to be the next Bond.
1: Yes, uh, talking about villains as well. We've been watching, we've been getting into uh, the Bond universe. Uh, we've been watching yep. some of the Connery ones, the early ones. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to try and watch all of them, I think. Uh, they're obviously big on villains. Um, Blofeld, you know, Spectre, mm-hmm. number one. And he's been played by so many people. Yeah, Donald Pleasants, Telly Savallis, Christoph Waltz. Uh, and the other guys <laughs> 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 which I can't remember right now um so yeah so there's great villains in in that obviously um Dr. Evil was a, a, a great parody of those uh, of Blofeld of and those villains yeah yeah I mean we I think we really should
0: do an episode on Bond and we'll probably do it soon as well as that's what we're watching at the moment because uh, it, it's just been it's been really fun to see uh, you know, how the old Bond sort of ties up with modern Bond and, you know, the changes over the years. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do that in another episode though.
1: Yes. Um, but they've got some great villains. Jaws, particularly a great henchman. Yeah. Um, he hasn't come into the ones we're watching yet. He's like Roger Moore time. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's our job and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. And more recently they've had Javier Bardem. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah. There's, there's always a great, great villain in, in Bond. What do you think? I don't know. Um, back in the day, maybe like the eighties, nineties. I think Tony Todd, who made Candyman, would have been a great henchman. Or yes, yes, um, yes, 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 yeah. That's a great shout. Uh, Gary Boosie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a villain in Lethal Weapon. Um, no, um, Tim Curry would have made a great um, yeah uh, Bond villain. Well, what about Richard E. Grant now? Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Richard E. Grant as a Bond villain. I don't know whether he'd make more of a Q character, but I don't know. Um, he could be a villain. He's great. Um, I thought like Michael Fassbender could be a good Bond, but he could also be a good villain. Um, McAvoy as a villain <laughs> or as Bond. <laughs> uh, I think Hillston would be quite a good Bond. He'd be sort of a Roger Maury Bond. Yeah, and we'd, I'd like
0: to see that as well. Like a you know a return to like the Roger Maury... Uh, style, yeah. You know, make it make it a bit campier.
1: Not Henry Cavill.
0: Nah, fuck Henry Cavill. He's a unit. He's a fucking useless. <laughs> he's a eunuch.
1: is <laughs> what he is. He's a big. He's, he's boring. In. A wardrobe. He's beige. <laughs> he could be a villain. He was a villain in Mission Impossible. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Okay. Ugh. <laughs> um.
0: Michael Kane, I would like to see him as like an elderly villain. Yeah. You know, because I mean, he's he's certainly become a villain uh, re- in recent years, being how much of a fucking Tory he is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you just wanted to sneak that in
0: there? <laughs> well, no, have well, you not? Like he's, he did say in the news today that, uh, uh, well, I'd rather be poor outside of the EU than rich in it. And
1: you're yeah. like, either way, mate, <laughs> you're still going to be a rich, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, that makes me feel bad because I loved growing up. I loved Michael Caine movies. Yeah. I love Alfie. I love the man who would be king. Um, yeah, but you, know, you love Kate Bush and she's like that. all, isn't she? She's not. No, that's, that was all bollocks. It was all taken out of context. And she came out and said she's not a toy at all. Uh, so but it, that, that was a big storm in a teacup. Michael Caine, on the other hand, actually does believe this shit. Uh, Kate Bush was merely just saying that she liked the fact that there was a woman in power <laughs> at the time. But uh, that got misconstrued that she loved Theresa May. Which she didn't. Um,
0: We've got off track. What are we? I've always been a fan of Hannibal. Right, right. Uh, you know, I think it's it's kind of a shame that we haven't continued that in recent years. I know there was the TV show. I was going to say they have continued quite yeah, a lot. It's and prequel lots of, though, lots of movies. I I, I hate prequels. You know my my views on prequels. Uh, you know, it, <laughs> it removes the the, the high stakes. Uh, you know. It,
1: I, I'm not a fan of prequels. Isn't there a young cannibal prequel, a movie, a horror as well? Yeah. About a young cannibal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did
0: I not just make myself very it's clear? That, <laughs> so you don't like that one? I you don't just, like prequels. Is the TV
1: series a prequel then? Yeah, yeah, Right, yeah. Yeah, it's Max so, Mickelson. He's not older than yeah, of course, of course. Anthony Hopkins. of course um so but then the young one is like a young young one right there's a hannibal which is yeah. like a teenager or something yeah, i i really don't care yeah. for either because i lost out on the whole franchise i don't i just it just sort of escapes me a bit those those that franchise
0: i did watch uh a series of the mads mickelson one and it was fine but it wasn't enough to keep me watching that's probably why it got cancelled um but um <laughs> the uh i'd love to see a continuation of of the hannibal character and i I don't really understand why Anthony Hopkins hasn't done one in the Mm. last few years. Because aside from Westworld, which I also hate. uh, Wow, this is such a negative episode. (laughs) Well, it's about villains. You're Um, the villain um, of this episode. episode. (laughs) Um, Aside from that, like he really hasn't had uh, a hit in a very long time. And... uh, you know, return to something that you were best loved. Ah, I mean, he wouldn't even need to be in it much. It would be more of a cameo.
1: Like Silence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's yeah. only in that for like, what, 12 minutes, 15 minutes or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what about another take on that of bringing Brian Cox back as Hannibal? From yeah. From Manhunter, is it? The first one? Yeah, he's, he's in, in Manhunter, yeah. which is De Palma
0: or Cronenberg? Dem? No. Man. Michael Mann. Is
1: it? Yes. yes. It's Michael Mann. <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll double check that, but we think of it is. No, it is. It yeah. definitely is. Um, so what about bringing him back, Samuel? Yeah, no, I, I, I like the idea of that.
0: I've, I've been, actually been watching Brian Cox in Succession. Which is a big oh. TV show on Sky Atlantic at the moment. Hearing good things, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Some really, really solid acting in it. Some interesting writing. I just find the characters' uh, relationships, uh, n- j- not just to each other, but also like their financial relationship to the <laughs> world, is 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 just quite entertaining. Um, it's sort of basically about billionaires um, who are you know desperately trying to keep their money whilst uh, you know constantly being under investigation for something terrible because so villains they're awful people yeah villains exactly yeah another show full of villains <laughs>
1: um
0: uh, and, and he's he's the, the the patriarch of that family so brian cox yeah yeah so um it, it'd be nice to see him return to the big screen i also watched him on bbc2 and his science programs and he used to be a keyboardist in DREAM. Oh, well, now you're just being silly. No, uh, yes. Because, <laughs> because you're, you're mixing up Professor Brian Cox yes. with the actor Brian Cox. Yes. Professor, and, and I want to make that very clear because I want the listeners to know that oh, yeah. Sorry. You know, we're, we're not silly. about silly games here. <laughs> Isn't the whole podcast about a sort of silly game? We just come up with weird pitches for films. I just want people to be clear between the difference between the Professor Brian Cox and the actor Brian Cox.
1: Okay, well... I'd fuck one of them. Let's leave a mystery to whispering. Sorry, Professor d- Brian. <laughs> oh, wow, oh, what oh. uh, All right, that's so I take him. No, no, no. Anyway, things can only get better. Give seven- <laughs> uh, That was D-Ream's song, wasn't it? Things can only get better. There's a little link. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah. That's a great link there that I did. You, you, I don't think you appreciated that little. Oh, sorry, man. Uh, no, no, you're right. It's fine. Um, anyway, uh, a few villains of note from movies that I love that I, I think don't get enough attention. Mm-hmm. Um, my number one got to be the Kurgan from Highlander. Oh, interesting choice. I love him. As a kid, I, I found him really scary. Great performer.
0: Now, he's uh, he's the jailer in Shawshank as well?
1: Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Clancy Brown yes he played um he was in Shawshank and he was in um Starship Troopers mm. Um, and he's fantastic as the Kurgan, I think he's a brilliant villain, yeah, yeah. Um, really scary. The bit when he goes into the church and he says it's better to burn out than to fade away, and he licks the priest, it's just fucking ace. He's just fantastic. <laughs> uh, a bit with the Queen song, it's just he's properly scary. Um, I think he's one of the best villains. Um, obviously, you go to animated stuff, it's great for villains. Um, Skeletor, yes, Evil Lynn. From Skeletor, great uh, Ursula female villain. from the Little Mermaid, Cruella De Vil. Mm. Yes, there's a lot of great
0: female villains in in animation. Now, there's a lot of talk at the moment about who's going to play Ursula in the Little Mermaid reboot. I'd like to see Billy Porter, but I believe that he's just been confirmed as the Fairy Godmother in Cinderella, so that'd be unlikely. Right, um, and and they, they've always said that they would be interested in it either being you know like a a man playing a woman or it being you know like like a a, a drag. Uh, character because
1: it was originally based on Divine, the drag R- queen divine. Right, of course, yes. From the uh from like Pink Flamingos and John Waters movies. yeah. yeah, so. yeah. Doesn't she eat shit in that? Yes, she does. She eats yeah. dog shit. Yeah. Nice. So she's in a Disney movie as well. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah so great female villains and animation there. <laughs> um uh female villains in live action cinema. Um I really, really like uh, one that you probably didn't even think of. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you even say a name? Asami Yakuza- Yamazaki, uh, the girl from audition. Um, oh right, yeah, 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 right. Yes. Um, what I, a great I, film. Takeshi Miko, big fan. He yeah. also did Itchy the Killer. Yeah, uh, that Gozu. film. That film always just had a really strong effect on me when uh when I watched it, and it's just because it's like you know, it's like an hour of just. Um, just not i I was about to say boring but it's not boring it's just like this drawn out love drama yeah um and a bit creepy but Mm. just uh and then the last half hour just goes completely fucking mental uh and i just think she's amazing in it um she's so effective and so scary and and, uh, i would say because around that time i watched the ring as well the original ring Mm -hmm. and um What's her name in that? The villain that comes out the fucking TV? Sudoku. She called Sadaka. Sikibama. Sakadakadaka. Sade. Um, (laughs) It's (laughs) not Sade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But I like to see her in a horror film. (laughs) Sade? Yes, the singer. (laughs) Smooth operator. Um, So, uh, yeah, yeah. She's a great villain. Uh, I'd also like to add into the mix um you haven't seen a movie called the hard way which is michael j fox and james woods they're Mm -hmm. cops um there's a great villain in that played uh called the party crasher he's completely mad and he's played by Stephen lang who plays loads of great villains he don't breathe he plays a great villain yeah yeah. um in uh avatar i guess he's the best thing about that film <laughs> is <Isn't> name <he? laughs> Lang. Um but uh he's a fantastic villain and also of course uh shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore, uh played by um Christopher McDonald. I think he's one of the great comedy villains. Um
0: Werner Herzog was the villain in Tom Cruise's first Jack Reacher movie.
1: Bizarrely. Well, yeah, it's mad. He's absolutely fantastic in <laughs>
0: it. And uh, I'd love to see him play a villain again. I yes. mean he's, he's confirmed to be a part of the cast of The Mandalorian, the new Star Wars uh, solo TV show. Right. Sort of about bounty hunters. or I don't think it is about bounty hunters anymore. I think it's about Mandalorians. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, I know that he's in it uh, and that that excites me um also like I was thinking like if he's in it if like if this is um if this is Werner Herzog and and he's in the he's in this tv show they haven't confirmed what character he's going to play and I kind of thought how cool would it be if if how cool would it be if Werner Herzog is Jabba the
1: Hutt what (laughs) yes okay I can that um, you can though can't couldn't you imagine like yeah, Jabba yeah. the Hot but with CGI Werner or... Herzog's
0: face and he's right. all German
1: yeah okay yeah um there's an interesting thing with directors uh playing villains David Cronenberg uh played the villain mm-hmm. in Nightbreed yeah I believe John Carpenter's played a villain in is it Body Bags well he's sort of a Crypt Keeper character in that he right. sort of tells the stories there's like two or three stories in that and he tells them we could have watched that for our portmanteau yeah we should but, have well there's there was a lot of portmanteau films to watch <laughs> and uh yeah so great great villains um
0: what now um one that we haven't mentioned yet uh as well um because i think it's good to mention you know uh, female villains uh is the the borg queen is fantastic uh from First Contact, which is in my opinion, uh, the best Star Trek film.
1: Now I'm uh, not a trekkie, but I like that one. Is it's that the one with cracking? Is Tom Hardy in that? Yes. Yeah. No, 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 that's no. Nemesis. That's
0: Nemesis, right. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's not very good. No, no, that's not good. That's a bad choice. No, 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 <laughs> no, that's not my the my one is the it's first contact, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's Picard and he goes. Uh, James Cromwell's in it. Yes, yes, yeah, yes yeah, that yeah. one. That yeah, and one. it's all you know. It's 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 about the Borg,
0: and it's about it goes back in time to uh, when humans first create the warp engine and first well have first contact with the Vulcans. Um, but it's a really really good movie. It's, it was made at like the peak yeah. of Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah, and it's just got the best cast.
1: Yeah, I'm not a Trekkie like you, but I like the uh, '60s original one, the animated one, uh, '60s original. <laughs> animated one and uh i i'm a fan of next generation and i did watch that a bit so i like that film and i like uh the shatner one when they go to Earth, when they go to like the 80s yeah uh and oh uh, yeah uh, Undiscover country yeah 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 it's fantastic that one <laughs> well that's, i mean that's probably my people say favorite. it's terrible that they but like i like it <laughs> i
0: think it think um well, I mean, no, I mean, there's there's much
1: worse Star Trek films out there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. They're, no, no, Voyage Home. No, yeah. Voyage Home. That's the one I'm talking about. That's the one where they go to work in the 80s, right? Oh, right. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. you like that one? Yeah, because it's really bad. Oh, no, no, with no. With the punks on the about... bus. No, Undiscovered Country, I, I think, so. all right. That's the one with David Bowie's wife. I think she's in that one. Yes, she yeah. is, yeah. Hey, man. man. Um, I saw that one in the cinema randomly. Um, So I did try to like Trek, uh, Star Trek a bit. <laughs> when i was younger the, the movies are a mixed bag but first generate sorry first contact
0: is is great and i love undiscovered country wrath of khan's great and yeah, got some search vi- for spock is watchable got some villains in there the klingons khan and the original motion pictures or right, and, yeah. and generation you know what maybe i'm not the villain i thought i was <laughs> no i think you know my love of star trek has brought me back around yeah. to the world of positivity Darth
1: Vader, he's good from Star Trek as well. He
0: is great in Star Trek. <laughs> but I'm in Star Trek, yeah. Um, I think the best, uh, and <laughs> actually, yeah. Let's go back to things I hate. Um, so I hated uh, Rogue One. But there is uh, Star Wars. We know Darth Vader's in Star Wars, by the way. I just want to point that out. Um, Rogue One. <laughs> in Rogue One, there's like a three-second bit that's brilliant that features uh, Darth Vader of him just yeah like, yeah. It's like a dark corridor, and then he he turns his lightsaber on and he he fucks some people up. Um, so that, those three seconds are great, but the rest of the film is dog shit. Right. I think the actor that played Again, I've
1: gone too hard. The actor... like, I
0: don't even think that I, I really believe that. I, I just didn't enjoy it.
1: Uh, it, was, it was okay, I... Rogue One, but I have a desire to watch it again. I think um, I've gone through something this week and it's all coming out in the podcast. You're a I'm, villain. I'm not... I don't, I... Oh, dear. I think the actor that played uh, Darth Vader in the newer ones was at Love of Horror. I don't know. But you don't know. No, he was. There was a Darth Vader actor there from the new films. So. Oh, okay. But also in that place, there's a cantina bar. That's just that we found. We were trying to find a bar, and we found the secret bar, and it was a fucking cantina from Star Wars. That's pretty cool. It was all it was bowlers in Manchester. Check it out. So uh, obviously, with this podcast, the whole point is that we pitch movies, we pitch ideas. So we're going to pitch uh, villain ideas, right? Yeah. We're going to pitch our own villains. We're going to pitch uh, villain movies uh, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it should hopefully. Okay, well, we'll uh, we're
0: going to go into the pitches section now, uh, where we pitch crazy movie ideas. This week, all about villains. Uh, we'll see you on the other side. We won't see you, um, but we will, we will talk to you and you will hear us.
1: Moo ha ha ha! Sorry, I was trying to do an evil laugh. Okay, I believe I'm going first. Yes. In the whole pitch section. Villainy. Villains. Villains. Now, obviously, this um, episode comes, as we mentioned, on hot on the heels of the of the release of Joker. Mm-hmm. Joker, sorry. And so, villains are in vogue. I don't know if you, if people out there were of the um, little Saturday Night Live uh, skit um, that. Uh, what's the guy from Stranger Things called? David? Oh, David Arbor. Of course, yeah. The, the Grouch yeah, sketch, yeah. The new Hellboy, he did a great Grouch sketch, which was like um, a Joker version of uh, like Sesame Street and the Grouch. Um, so it'd be interesting to think of sort of films that you could make a joke or, or characters that you could make a Joker kind of film out of. Yeah. So. Um, One that jumped out at me for some reason, probably because um, The Apprentice is on uh, British television BBC uh, right now. Um, I would like to see a gritty, uh, well, wouldn't be reimagining, a sort of gritty villain biopic of Alan Sugar. Um, how he turned into um, <laughs> such a fucking monster, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, much like the Joker. But uh, for anyone listening overseas, uh, Alan Sugar is this uh, a big business bastard. I think he was behind like Amstrad or something. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He uh, and he does the Apprentice in this country, not like Donald Trump did it in America. He's basically, yeah, he is basically just like a less successful Donald. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you could do a Joker book and film with Donald about donald trump because yeah. really yeah, yeah. um his rise mm-hmm. to uh becoming arguably worse than joker <laughs> so i don't know if you've got anyone in mind that you'd like to make a joker version film of shredder nice from T- teenage mutant ninja Turtles. yeah
0: I've, I've always found him quite interesting I'd, i mean i'd like to see an origin story like where do you get the name shredder like was was he in like a metal band
1: yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Because I always thought Shredder was possibly like a bank manager or something as well. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe he was.
0: You know, like he he worked in banks because that was like you know his father's business. But he actually always wanted to just you know, yeah, shred some riffs. <laughs> uh, and, it, and it never quite lined up for him. And you know, his, his band failed, and so he just started putting you know uh, knives on his his hands yeah. and you know fighting turtles and sewers.
1: Well, talking about knives it's on hand, hobby, isn't it? Yeah, talking about knives on hands, you could easily have a, a sort of Freddy origin movie as well about the yep. early Freddy Krueger. Um, although they do explore his uh, his background in Number Five. Isn't I think it? it's Dream Child. Yeah, quite horribly, and so there is. So you'd have to be a bit, I don't know, but yeah. it would be gritty, <laughs> but uh, a good laugh as well because it's Freddy. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, but forget all that. I'm coming up with um my own villain, like this is all you know my own villain um fresh take um but much like the Joker, you'll see uh inspiration, man, my influence um so we've been watching Bond and stuff early connery Bond uh so I wanna take you back to the sort of nineteen sixties period mm-hmm. um that kind of cinema, uh, a bit like Bondish. Um, But I want to concentrate uh, on uh, a villain um, called uh, Brock Coldheart, right? Right. (laughs) And he's an all-American business bastard, uh, think Donald Trump. Um, He's played by Charlton Heston at the time. So this is, uh, yeah, yeah. he's uh, arguably a fucking villain in real life, maybe, because he was so (laughs) into fucking guns. Not fucking guns, yeah, I was Not say, having sex is, with guns. That is dangerous. Although, to be fair with John Heston, if there was some guy who had sex with guns, it'd be a good bet that it might be him. Never <laughs> has safety first been more appropriate. <laughs> but, I mean, he was uh, like a National Rifle Association end. But a uh, great actor. Um, fantastic in the Planet of the Apes movies. Um, I would like to see him as Brock Coldheart in the Mister Coldheart franchise. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so Brock Goldheart, Coldheart is this uh, ruthless businessman. Yeah. Um, you know he he he's a womanizer, but uh, he's probably maybe he's got a wife as well. It's
0: strange that he would be so ruthless. I mean, his name would suggest that he's kind.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Well, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Coldheart heart. Yeah. It's a bit of a giveaway but um i would so so in this film right um <laughs> i was a bit inspired by um well it was sort of maybe it was unconsciously i was inspired by there's a joke in the simpsons um I've been inspired by The Simpsons before when we did a President's episode. There was a Troy McClure film called The President's Neck is Missing, (laughs) which I've always loved. But there's another joke in The Simpsons, a Mr. Burns joke, where he, uh, in the 60s, and um, he's infiltrated Greenpeace. uh, And he says to them, and he's got a bong in his hand. Um, And he says to the the Greenpeace guys, he like reveals who he is. And he's like, all this time, I've just been smoking harmless tobacco. And then, you know, he jumps out the boat and sails away uh so what i'd want is for brock Coulthard, his first adventure um to infiltrate like a hippie commune uh or greenpeace or you know because he made he he's like you know a super like he's into oil and like meat and all the bad shit and uh, uh sweatshops he's got sweatshops he makes kids uh make jeans you know what i mean right yeah so we've got some sw- harrowing 60s sweatshop scenes <laughs> Um,
0: and, and, <coughs> he, and he also infiltrates... Ah, well, be- this is the story. So this is a bit like The Secret Millionaire. Yes, but an evil one. Yeah. Because um, he wants <laughs> Wait, to take so him is, down. So this is The yeah, Secret Millionaire. Yeah, 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 yeah. But instead of him going <laughs> undercover to help your business, he goes undercover yes, to, destroy to destroy it. it.
1: <laughs> yes, now you're getting it. Um, so Brock Coldheart, <laughs> right, right. But the film is called... I mean, the you know, it'll be the Mr. Heart franchise, but um, the film is called Villain of the Peace. Peace. P E A C E. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get it? Um, so, so, uh, I mean, I can you know, this is one of those moments when I came up with the title and then the film. But, um, but, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think Brock Coulthard, um, could have been a great character for Charlton Heston while he was alive. Um, and he infiltrates this team. Um, and I was thinking maybe his wife infiltrates, um, Uh, the team maybe you know his wife's Raquel Welsh or someone Mm -hmm. um (laughs) Ursula Andres um (laughs) and yeah and then and but then they like meet these sort of uh hippies in the commune played by a sort of Hunter S Thompson-esque Alan um Alder yeah was it Alan Arkin or Alan Alder Alan Alder um (laughs) and yeah and then um Maybe Brock's, you know, because something bad's got to happen to Brock. Cause the villain can't just win. Maybe his wife runs off with the hippies. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the thing like, making a film about a villain, much like talking about the Joker. Um, You know, how do you end it? Do you have the villain winning? Or do you have the villain being taken down? Well, I suppose you need
0: to sort of, like, show the, the moral corruption of the world they live in so that they, they aren't necessarily the, the principal chaotic force. So like in, in Joker they show like, oh yeah but the, there's loads of these issues with the world so like uh, the Joker is a product of those issues. Yes. You know?
1: <clears throat> so this could totally work now as you say, Brock um, Brock Coulthard, the secret millionaire um, it could work now I was always thinking a more 60s more retro, uh, Charlton Heston you know, Raquel Welsh Ursula Andres, people like that. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um was Alan Alder? He would have been about the same Yeah. The Arkin. One of the Alans. Um <laughs> just some hippie actors. John Voigt. <laughs> Peter Fonda. Would you just call John Voight a hippie actor? Well, he's played he's a hardline Republican. No, but like, as in people he's played, like in that, around right. that time period, he was playing very scruffy guys. Midnight Cowboy, well, he's not a hippie at all in that. He's a cowboy. Um, but uh, okay, maybe not John Voight. What I meant was Peter Fonda and Dennis uh, Hopper. Mm-hmm. Basically, the cast of Easy Rider. Um, so the cast of Easy Rider go against Brock Coldheart, um, but you know that that kind of gang, and then Brock Coldheart kind of goes against them and uh, infiltrates them. But uh, and, and you could do several of these Brock uh, Coldheart films I think, going forward.
0: Well, I mean, I think uh, if you want to keep the franchise going forward, one of the ideas is you, you have to come up with a villain who's more villainous than Brock Coldheart. So then you're sort of like. So Not, then you sort of, you're on his team.
1: Yes, he's like an anti-hero. I mean, is Joker an anti-hero? DC made some great anti-heroes. One of my favourite DC characters is Lobo, an alien bounty hunter who is a, a total bastard, but he's mm-hmm. a, you know he's an anti-hero. They've made Joker a sort of anti-hero rather than a villain. Mm-hmm. I don't
0: know, have they? Um, yeah, yeah, totally. And we've had like uh, Venom recently. I'm looking forward to seeing Carnage. Nice. Uh, Because he's teased at the end of
1: Venom, played by Woody Harrelson. That's very exciting. Yeah. Ginger. Mm, Uh, (laughs) Um. So, well, yeah, or you could have a, a sort of, I thought you'd have like, like in Bond films where you've got this hero and you've got different villains in every film with a Brock Coldheart franchise, you'd have the one villain and you'd have a different hero in every film. Uh, maybe that hero can uh, appear again, like Blofeld did in some films. So but sort,
0: sort of like... Um, reverse Bond. Or, yeah, but, but like quite similar to A
1: Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, like where it's the, yes. it's
0: the villain that's returning, not the hero. It's a different hero every like,
1: time. Like most horror, like a lot of horror movie mm-hmm, franchises, mm-hmm. Jason, Freddy, um, yeah. Okay, so I don't know if you've got any other ideas for any other um, movies of the in the Cold Hard franchise of what he could do or what you know he's taken hippies down or mm-hmm, tried to. Mm-hmm. There'll be a bit where they take loads of acid um loads of lsd but it doesn't yeah. like but then like it doesn't like affect him like they think it's, you think it's going to completely change him but then he, he pretends to be changed but then he's not uh and and it double crosses them like ha ha
0: so he's so it's sort of it's you know not too far from like wall street yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know like oh, gordon gecko business
1: bastard gordon gecko is yeah a well, fine may- cinematic business bastard maybe this is what it needs maybe it needs a
0: crossover. We need to get Gordon Gecko, Michael Douglas, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Versus Brock
0: Coldheart.
1: Or Douglas's dad, Michael's dad. He mm-hmm. was great around that time. Kirk Douglas. Yes, around this time. You know, Burt Lancaster. Thinking all people like that. Get a team of uh, millionaire big business bastards. And it's like Ocean's Eleven, like the Rat Pack one, but we're like business bastards. Sounds like Glenn Gary Glen Ross. Yes. Great film. Uh, but yeah, so... There we go. Uh, Mr. Coldheart franchise. The Mr. Um,
0: Coldheart franchise.
1: Yeah, it's villain, villain of the piece.
0: Villain of the piece. Of, uh, Mr. Mercedes, which is on uh, TV at the moment, um, well, with Mi- Brendan Gleason, who is an amazing actor, but is in a terrible series. I hate it.
1: Oh, okay. Fair enough. You're being negative again. I know. <laughs> <coughs> it's the theme of the week. Yeah. So, um, me yeah. being a prick. Mr. Mistopheles. Um, no, Mr. Mercedes, uh, Mr. Mr. Coldheart. Um, so uh, yeah, and I, I I always rated as much of a mad bastard as Charlton Heston was. I rated him as an actor. Um, he's a great cameo in Wayne's World Two as well. One of the funniest moments uh, in that film. Um, and yeah, he he didn't play enough villains, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Fair. Well, I mean, like this sounds like a good opportunity for him to to rise from st- the grave and.
1: <laughs> and play a villain yeah. <laughs> um, good, yeah so if you're listening uh, down there in hell um, Charlton Heston uh, yeah, yeah, let's talk I'm sure we get iTunes in hell yeah
0: okay, so hit me villains villains villains, villains. Uh, my idea uh, stars Robert Patterson Oh, of course it does. And Jeremy Irons. Mm, yeah, he's a villain, villain in The Third Die Hard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, very villainous. Mm. Uh, now, the idea, it's sort of got, um, y- you know, you know, the, you know, prison, uh, The Prisoner.
1: I know, I know what prison is. Oh, The Prisoner, the 60s television yeah. series. Does that sound weird? In Where was that place? Is it Port Marion? Yeah, yeah. And he gets chased by a big white ball. It's Mm -hmm. really surreal. Makes no real sense. Yeah, carry on. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So (laughs)
0: basically, um, it starts with Robert Patterson is a serial killer.
1: Sorry, he could just be in the prison in the movie, to be fair, Robin yeah, Bassett that's actually a good not bad shout, yeah, yeah sorry, um <laughs> he's a serial killer to say he's a serial killer,
0: oh okay. God, okay, here we go,, uh, and he's about to do one of his kills, you know, like he's got someone wrapped all up in plastic, and he's about to stab him in the in the chest, as you do uh, and as he as he as he goes to do that, uh he's like hit on the head, knocked out, right right, doesn't know what's happening, yeah, right, and then he wakes up on an island, yeah. And uh, on the island is sort of like this country estate slash school. It's like the prisoner meets uh, Professor Xavier's school for the gifted. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and basically, as it sort of goes on, because, sort of you know, it's got strong mystery elements to it. I, I feel like this is very much in the air of uh, Shutter Island oh, or right. uh, A Cure for Wellness, which I also really enjoy. Uh, so there's sort of like... Uh, So, Rock Patterson's kind of like unsure why he's there, who these people are, what the fuck's going on. Um, As the movie sort of like proceeds, uh, you meet the the headmaster of this institute, which is Jeremy
1: Irons. The demon headmaster? Yeah. I don't think he was the demon headmaster, was he? No, no, no. I'm just saying, you just mentioned headmaster. Oh, right. And I was like. Another great villain, the sure. Demon Headmaster. I don't want to confuse anybody. No, no, no. He's not making a <laughs> Demon Headmaster movie. That's just the, that's a famous children's books and, and and TV show.
0: Although, if we were to remake the Demon Headmaster, what a great choice he would be. Well, they're just doing it for TV, but it's oh, like
1: CBBC. It's like TV, so it's like TV actor. He's a, he's a guy that's just in dramas and stuff.
0: Anyway, sorry, Jerry Irons. Uh, so he's the headmaster of this school, right, uh, and right. what what he is is he's he's gathered. Um, some of the world's brightest and most gifted uh, young serial killers Ooh, I like this onto this island, right? And they're all at a school and what he's doing is he's teaching them how to kill more
1: effectively. Is this like Harry Potter, but with Serial killers. But with serial killers.
0: Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not miles away from... There was a TV show with Kevin Bacon on Sky, I believe it got cancelled, called The Following. Right. Uh, where James Purefoy plays a sort of like uh, serial killer and he uh, creates like a cult of serial killers. Um, so, I mean, this isn't miles from this, but it, it's definitely different enough to, for it to be um, totally its own
1: idea. So a bit Charles Manson-y? Not... Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah totally. Um, so basically he's he's got this uh this school of um you know serial killers and he's training them up to kill um he's obviously a serial killer himself right uh, and the idea is like he's he's actually quite ill and he's nearing his death so he's passing on his skills to these uh these young kids right and the idea is that you kind of get the feeling that they're all preparing for something you know for some sort of like operation yeah So they're all getting ready for, like, this big final moment. And then um, towards the end, you realise that the final moment is that, like, uh, Jeremy Irons had had a bit of a change of heart, right? Mm. You see, he spent his entire life killing people because he's a serial killer. That's what they do. Um, And as he's approaching his death, he's decided that he's going to do one good thing, like, one thing that is, like, good for the world because he's done so much wrong. Right. And that is to gather loads of serial killers in one place so he can fucking kill them all, right. right? And so the last seat is just sort of like, it's just Jeremy Irons versus, I don't know, 200 uh killer school children. And it's like his last stand. He's sort of orchestrated it all. so And he's like dead good at killing. So like, you know. And, he, but, but they're, they're dead just good as well. blow <laughs> yeah,
1: them, them up. Just kills them up. Like, he'll stab some of them. He'll shoot <sighs> some of them. So it's a bit like Battle Royale with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, okay, few questions uh, about the school. Now he's training people; they're training people to uh, kids to be serial killers. Yeah. Now, are they getting uh, education outside of serial killer lessons? Is the maths, English, sci, <laughs> uh, science, uh, PE? I think there are definitely yeah, there are definitely like uh, so is it, other? It's an all encompassing. They, they don't. It's not activities. like it's not like an extra activities out of the normal school. They don't Mm-mm. finish school and then go to this school. Is this like a proper boarding school? Yeah, it's a boarding school, yeah. So yeah. therefore you'll have to have PE teachers, maths teachers, science teachers, mm-hmm. English teachers. Is Jeremy D- Iron's doing all this himself? Well, no, I suppose he does have a faculty. Okay. That's all
0: I just wanted to know. He definitely has a faculty and I was toying, toying with the idea of him having like a close uh, like a closer knit group of disciples who sort of like aid him in the, in this final Killing like maybe it isn't just him against everyone. Yeah, maybe he does have like a, a faculty of let's say five. Yeah, a, uh, staff members.
1: A dinner lady. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just maiming
0: people with a ladle.
1: Yes, a dinner lady played by Rebecca Romijn or someone. <laughs> or, I don't know. You know, uh, Frank Jansen. So, <laughs> I like it. It's a solid idea. Yeah. Bit Hunger Games, bit. Uh, battle royale bit um harry potter
0: <laughs> and, you know i suppose it's sort of like uh you know it's uh i was about to say a celebration of serial killers yeah because let's celebrate them yeah great probably shouldn't celebrate but it you know like uh cinematically i think they're brilliant serial killers we've had so much entertainment from them in the movies and the television and uh i feel i feel like this is a this is a good way to sh- to show so many of them uh, yeah in, in in one project
1: American Psycho, and it could be gory as fuck. Yeah, American Psycho is a great example, and that's mm-hmm. a sort of film all about the villain. Yeah, and then he he played a almost similar fucking psychopath in Shaft in the 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 Samuel Jackson one. Do you remember? Yeah, he was the villain in that old Shaft. Really, the 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 first reboot of Shaft in the night. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like a weird fucking. Like, he was like he was doing a, a cheap-rate B-movie version of American Psycho. <laughs> I saw The Machinist not too long ago. That's pretty great. So, a guy that's played villains and heroes? Yeah, Machinist is good. And that's got a great villain actor, uh, Michael Ironside, in it. Oh, um, Falling Down is um, a, f- mm-hmm. uh, a great film where you're not sure that, you know, the light and shade is... Um, you're unsure of... Uh, is he the villain? Is he the hero of this piece? I think a lot of people don't like the end, the last sort of twenty minutes of that film because yeah. it does it does cement him as a villain. I would find
0: that weird that you you would have a problem with that, but you were totally fine with him racially abusing the Korean shopkeeper. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly.
1: Because um, I I don't think that the last twenty minutes is a problem. I I <laughs> like and and I like the uh, Robert Duvall's character in it. Um, and he 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 shows a sort of good guy, but he could you know he's the kind of guy that could crack at any point, but.
0: I love how strongly influenced Alpha Papa the Alan Partridge movie was uh from uh Falling Down. Oh yeah. Like the entire last <laughs> sequence is pretty much the same sequence from Falling Down like it here Yes. The pier. Yes. Uh, yes. I, I just I love that. I think that's just like a really clever way to uh you know to homage a film not you know a
1: stupid way to homage a film like what Joker does every fucking 5 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> well Steve Coogan did say like I mean the, 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 that was it was a troubled shoot uh, Alpha Papa and they really rushed it. And they had to, like, he was performing and then he'd be writing and then, like, go straight down and doing it. It was quite That tense. surprised
0: me because I was actually uh, really impressed with the quality of that film when I saw it in the cinema.
1: Well, I think they, they really... I was expecting much less. They feel like they got away with it because it was, like, they had a lot of trouble. Like, he just had a very short window to do it and they were rewriting it as they were going and then doing the scene. And so, but um, Coogan could play a good villain. Eh? yeah. Well,
0: he plays a half villain, I suppose, in Tropic Thunder. He sort Source of plays of. an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um. Um, he could be a good s- serial killer, psychopath. I mean, I'd like to see him as a Bond villain. Yes. Like, I'd like to see him do something high profile, be like an absolute
1: bastard. I mean, he's, he's done that thing Greed, which I haven't seen. Well, that looks quite good. But yeah. um, I think so. I don't know. Michael Wim- Winterbottomer, uh, the, the whole thing about the release, I don't know. It was yeah, I know. I read that as well. There were some problems with it. Um... But yeah, I mean, uh, it, there's so many actors out there that, given a chance, I think could be uh, great villains, particularly comedians. Are you talking about me again? No, 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 yeah, yeah, yes, yes, definitely. But no, I mean in film, I mean, you know, Jim Carrey should do it more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, he was the Riddler, in yeah. Batman Forever. <laughs> yeah, less said about that film. Well, I mean, yes, yeah, no, it's no Batman and Robin. <laughs> uh, great villains in that, Arnie. Fucking hell. Arnold Schwarzenegger's played the hero a lot, but he has played the villains. He's played the Terminator and Mr. Freeze. I think the villain in Batman and Robin
0: was the director.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: and everyone involved.
1: Uh, Uma Thurman, Poison Ivy. Now,
0: Poison Ivy is a villain that has not been used to their full potential.
1: Yes, because Paul Dano is playing the Riddler in the new one. They could mm. have Poison Ivy.
0: Well, I think a Poison Ivy TV show, yeah. you know, like the origins of Poison Ivy, sort of like a, like a Carrie type yes, uh, origin yes. story of like, like a plants. teenager that that
1: loves plants make it more horror a bit like the Swamp Thing uh, yeah, series yes. although I think that was cancelled so maybe they don't want to be like that I feel like this Poison Ivy idea is
0: better than both of our pitches this week <laughs> yes 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 I think it is anyway that, I think that's about it uh, we will be back next week probably with a Bond special that isn't confirmed if you've got any suggestions uh, send them in join our Facebook group uh, Movie Bond Collective etc yeah.
1: etc Tell us what you've been watching. We've been watching stuff, as we were saying, like last night on Amazon, we noticed they've they've dropped some new stuff. Frogtown, Welcome to Frogtown. Not... What was it? Hell Comes to Frogtown. Yeah. Sam Hell goes to Frogtown. We watched that. There's a a film. uh, If you're into terrible old horror movies there's a film starring neil morrissey the british actor if I remember him badly called i bought a vampire motorcycle and it's about a vampire motorcycle motorcycle it is very much the run seal of horror movies yeah i think there is a bit with like a possessed shit like a human shit which flies out of a toilet whoa spoilers mike well i'm just you know i'm just saying you know people will be like oh well i didn't want to see that first. but now with the title and knowing that there's flying feces <laughs> and neil morrissey I'm going to watch it. Uh, So, yeah, tell us if you've checked out anything new and anything you like. Yeah, uh, but other than that, keep your mouth
0: shut, you prick.
1: Yeah, we don't want to hear your opinions about the Joker.